In the 1970s, there were 275 dairy farms in Dutchess County in upstate New York. Today, there are 26. The decline of dairy farming in the United States has been part of a nationwide decrease in farming in general, but the situation dairy farmers face seems to be particularly dire. They have to contend with an arcane pricing system left over from the Great Depression and middlemen who demand a larger and larger share of the profits. On today's underreported segment, James Beard Award-winning journalist Barry Estabrook joins us to discuss how we got to this point and what's being done to save America's dairy industry. His article on the subject, A Tale of Two Dairies, appeared in the fall 2010 issue of Gastronomica magazine, and I'm very pleased that it brings him to our show today. Welcome. Hi, Leonard. You begin your article with the story about Dale Pearson, a farmer in upstate New York. What happened to him? Uh, that is a very tragic, sad story. He was a, a small farmer um, in his late 50s, um, small, ran a small dairy herd, and had farmed all his life and found himself just simply getting further and further behind financially because of the low the low price milk was fetching. No matter how hard he worked, no matter what he did, he was falling further behind. So um, in uh, 2009, January 2009, almost two years ago exactly, um, he went out to his barn one morning, did his chores, milked his cows, made sure they were comfortable, and then proceeded to shoot each and every one of his his milking cows in the head. Um, And then he sat down and shot himself. Well, this is an extreme case. But um, dairy farmers um, have all sorts of reasons to be depressed, don't they? Um, We're seeing um, uh, the, the number dwindling considerably, but has it fluctuated over time? Well, I mean, what what you said um, about Dutchess County a few minutes ago um, in New York is is, is simply a, a microcosm of what's happened nationwide. Um, in 1970, there were 650,000 dairies in the country. Today, there's 54,000. Uh, and during the same period of time, the large mega dairies that have in excess of 2,000 cows each have uh, have more than doubled in number. So so what's happening is there's fewer dairies and fewer small dairies. Fewer small, but dairies. the same amount of milk. Um, yes, essentially. I mean, it's it's uh, it's um, the population, of course, has, has risen. But uh, well, should yeah. we be concerned if uh, the small dairies uh, wind up going out of business and uh, they wind up being parts of larger dairies? Uh, is is it because of um, uh, are small dairies better because of commitments to organic methods? Aren't most of the small dairies farmers doing the same sort of thing that the big dairy farmers do? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I've I've uh, I visited a dairy this summer out in Indiana that has thirty thousand cows. Um, if you can picture that, um, it uh, these cows are milked three times a day um, by machine. They never. They never see the out of doors um, once they become old enough to become milkers. They're just kept inside. Everything's brought to them. Um, it's a very different product than 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 the, uh, the the one we picture, where the cow is out on the field grazing. Does I it affect think, the um, quality of the meat, the milk? That's of course is a matter of opinion. I'm sure you know. They, if you asked the, the large farmers, they would say no. But I think if you uh, you know if you if you uh, you you get your your milk from a small producer. Um, you could probably tell the difference that it's um, you know high quality 
small well, scale. What's the going rate for a gallon of milk? Is it similar to the price in Canada or England? Um, it's interesting. I I, um, I did a small um, part of this story. I, uh, I I went to Ontario to uh, to interview milk farmers there who have a very different system, um, and the price wasn't that much different. Uh, a little more expensive, perhaps, um, but then. You know everything in Canada. Um, there's a there's a price differential. So everything you know the, the very the, the to the consumer it's pretty much the same. The 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 middle people seem to be where where the money gets somehow disappears. So dairy farmers in Canada are happier than the farmers in in the United States. Oh gosh, um, the dairy farmer that I spoke to in Ontario um, last summer was getting the equivalent of thirty five dollars per hundred weight that's what milk is sold in in the states it's about 12 gallons mm-hmm. so for every 12 gallons he sold he was getting 35 dollars that was twice um what dairy farmers just across the border in the in the united states were getting at that time and yet milk to the consumer was was like i said basically the same well how is the price of milk to to the consumer determined is it a simply a matter of supply and demand <laughs> no it's i you know it's interesting you should ask that i've read scholarly papers i've read articles i've tried to figure it out i don't know if anybody can ex- tell you anything other than it's this bizarre arcane um system that that's been cobbled together since the days of the depression and and uh, you know it's, it's it's truly a rube goldberg sort of system. There's certain price supports. There's um, depending on the distance you are from Chicago and, and all. It's it's just completely Byzantine. So is um, this a problem created by government? It's What the problem is, is that milk, because it, it has to be sold immediately. It's not like corn. So it's very easy to get an oversupply in the market. And because a farmer milks his cows today, he has, he can't sit back and say the price is low, I have to wait. Or there's a lot of milk on the market, I'll, 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 not, mar- you know, I'll not sell milk today, I'll hold back for a couple of weeks till it goes up. Well, I can make cheese, can't I? Well, there's, you know, there's a whole uh, mountain of cheese sitting away in the, uh, you know, the USDA buying it to try. This is one of the sort of one of the price supports they put in is they do buy milk to make cheese. But it's, um, uh, you know, again, even um, even with that, the problem is still one of oversupply. And when so, that happens, go ahead. When that happens, the farmers simply get get killed. So at that seventeen dollars per twelve gallons. Uh, does that cover the cost of a farmer producing the milk? Uh, I'm assuming it does with the big ones. Otherwise, they wouldn't uh, be thriving while the small farms are falling are pretty much dying well, off. It, um, it costs a farmer about. It varies, of course, but it costs about eighteen dollars to produce a hundred weight of milk. So at the at the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollar level, which is where it is now, um, they're barely breaking even or losing a bit of money. But a year ago, year or a couple of years ago, it was selling for for nine and ten dollars a gallon. Why does the price fluctuate so dramatically? Why does the price fluctuate so dramatically? It doesn't take very much extra milk to on the market 
to send prices dropping because, like I said, it has to be sold. Um, and why is the system right now? The system encourages farmers when they are making a bit of money to to add as many cows as they can to their herds, so that they maybe can can get a little bit of a, uh, a rainy day fund for when the price declines again, which it which it it's doing. It's in this sort of seesaw up and down cycle. Um, that's getting more and more severe with each passing cycle. Um, the the good days are not as good, and the bad days are much worse, and they're coming my closer guess, on each other's heels. My guess is Barry Estabrook, who's written an article called The Tale of Two Dairies for the current issue of Gastronomica magazine. Uh, by the way, we have a map on our blog, The Lowdown of Dairy Farms in New York State. You can see how few there are right now. The prices remain the same to consumers pretty much over the past two years, even though farmers have received half as much per hundredweight, you say, over the same period. So where's the money going? Well, um, you're you're exactly right. And, and um, I guess one answer you might find is uh, a, um, a lar- the largest milk processor in the country is called Dean Foods based in Dallas, but it's got, you know, brands of milk sold all over the country. Um, and, you know, at, at, the, at the very time when, you know, farmers like Mr. Pearson that we talked about at the beginning um, were, were losing 8 or $10 a gallon, or I mean a hundredweight on the milk they sold, uh, Dean's, Dean Foods, the processors, profits more than doubled. And wasn't... Uh... Weren't they forced to settle an antitrust case recently, agreeing to pay $30 million in damages to northeast dairy farmers? What yeah, was that case that, about? That was, that was uh, uh, actually, it was up in, in Vermont, and uh, they, the court still has to approve the settlement, but that's what Dean has uh, agreed to do, to um, pay, pay back $30 million. Uh, that had to do with antitrust activities, monopolistic um, Actions on the, uh, those were the allegations. In any case, that that Dean was um, pressuring farmers to sell to a certain cooperative in which it had an interest. Mm. Um, there are a couple of other major uh, uh, players in this market: Kraft, Dannon. Uh, are they accused of doing similar things? Um, they haven't been directly accused, although the Justice Department is looking into the whole picture of milk processors and, and how it's being handled. You discuss the efforts of a group called Dairy Farmers Working Together. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get a system in place. Um, it's a nationwide group of farmers now with, with uh, dairy farmers with lot, lots and lots of support, um, including the major um, the lobbying group that represents the dairy cooperatives. So about 80%, they represent about 80% of the milk. And what they're trying to do is is get some sort of controls put on production to prevent these 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 cycles from occurring when when people produce too much milk. Um, it's a similar approach to what's used in Canada, although Canada's got a very strict quota system. This is this is uh, less um, less strict, but it, it, its goal is to have the same thing, is to keep a, a, a steady, reasonable supply of milk on the market 
um, without these these uh, periods of overproduction. How have the larger dairy farms reacted, and what about the processors like Dean Foods, Kraft, Dannon, and the others? Well, the very large dairy farms are against it, um, mainly because I think they sort of see themselves as the survivors in this uh, Darwinian struggle. And plus, some of them are large enough that they can actually influence the large buyers who who who, who purchase from them. This this farm I talked about earlier with thirty thousand cows, um, you know, has a tremendous tremendous sway. Um, and they're the group um, that represents them, um, which is called the International Dairy Foods Association, is vehemently against. Um, uh, any sort of uh, uh, production controls. There have been co-ops uh, forming. Uh, we read about them, uh, or in fact, I get some of my milk from places that claim to be uh, co-ops. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't that been developing in the Hudson Valley? There's a Hudson Valley co-op, Ronnie Brook Farm as well. Are they going to be able to sustain themselves through that co-op system? Well, the co-ops, uh, the co-op system, you know, most of the milk is is sold through various co-ops in the country, I think, again, 80% or something like that um, is sold through co-ops. Um, but they're still at the mercy of this of this pricing system. The co-ops can help the farmers by, you know, consolidating trucking costs and consolidating um, storage and the ability to sell in large quantities to the processors. But, you know, they're, they're still at the mercy of this system. Or the farmers that sell to them, and it's, it seems unlikely that Congress is going to pass legislation to change all of this. Well, you know, there's, you there's, have to say very quickly. Um, they're, they're, they're hoping now that the farm bill, which has to be redone in 2012, will be the place where they get that done. Barry Estabrook's article, "A Tale of Two Dairies," is in the fall issue of Gastronomica magazine. Thank you so much for being with us today on Underreported. It was good talking to you.